Hi everyone, so welcome back to Aspire 21, the podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, Mel. She's so lovely, she's so amazing. Uh, she's 21 years old, she's a journalism student at the City University in London, and she's one of my really good friends. And today we're really excited to come at you guys with this episode, talking all about consent um and mainly the show i may destroy you with michaela cole so we've been watching it and we're obsessed aren't we yeah <laughs> and Hi, so, everyone. <laughs> yeah please speak up introduce yourself um yeah you basically said it all um yeah 21 year old journalism student um yeah we've been watching i may destroy you by michaela cole who's this amazing filmmaker um, and she's actually directing, producing, and starring this show, This Is Not. Um, and yeah, it just follows her as a young um, adult in um, the whole consent issue um, and really touches on like many issues around that as well. So it's quite interesting to watch. Yeah, and I think there's 12 episodes, aren't there? So we're now yeah. at episode four? Is it 12? Yeah. 12, no, yeah, it? so there's going to be 12 episodes of only released four episodes. So they yeah. release um, on Mondays and Tuesdays, um, but I just like to binge watch everything on Tuesday. I know, um, for anyone listening, she's actually watched four of them twice, so... Yeah, I had to she's, watch it twice. <laughs> she's ready to, like, crunch it down, analyse and everything. I'm like, I watched it once. Hey, I was go? paying attention. Um, <laughs> but we yeah. were really um, intrigued by the show because we really liked how it touched on consent and mm-hmm. um, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I guess we should explain the background of the show. So mm-hmm. Michaela Cole um, was sexually assaulted, is it 2016, is that right? Um, well she says two years prior to this show, two and a half years, mm. maybe around 2016 before she started writing this show, yeah. Yeah, and the show's based on her experiences mm. of um, she went on a, on a work trip overseas and then someone spiked her drink and then she was unfortunately assaulted. And um, so she's now made this show. Do you want to feed in your analytical data? Because you know so much more about the, the back <laughs> end of this, the back um, backstory of this. Yeah, um, yeah, so she gets invited after she comes back uh, from a holiday, well, a work holiday. Um, so this is a show not in real life because I think there's some slight differences in the show than in what actually happened in real life because it is a television series. Um, so in the show, after she comes back from her work trip in Italy, she gets she's invited by her friend Simon to go clubbing just because, and she ends up being um, spiked, um, and she sort of wakes up typing in her laptop and has a dash on her forehead and doesn't really recall what happened and it all starts to unfold when her friends are like oh why why did why is your phone broken uh where were you blah 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 um and it all she starts realizing something really bad happened and starts getting these flashbacks of very violent scenes of the night before Mm. and it's basically about that yeah and first of all um, not first of all, but when she's first speaking to like the police officers, she's quite in denial, isn't she? And she kind of yeah. doesn't really come to terms with what happened. She kind of thinks her memory playing tricks on her. She mm. thinks um, she just goes through so many different emotions 
before she comes to the realization that she really did get assaulted and yeah um i guess because it's quite a surreal thing isn't it like to go out clubbing yeah. with your friend and I then think that's the thing that's the thing that makes it hard for her to accept it because her friend betrayed her mm. and you know wasn't wasn't a good friend to her when he should have been taking care of her and made sure she got home okay but he just sort of left her well mm. we actually don't fully know if he was in on the thing but i, I think he was in on it 100%. i think so too like the way, the way he, he was, was lying about it yeah yeah exactly the way he was so quick to just be like oh yeah i dropped you home like don't you remember mm-hmm. I was like, yeah I think there's even a scene when um, <laughs> when the problematic girl, the one with the, the bald girl, <laughs> comes oh, in. Girl. You know, the one that... Oh, the, the, the one that was just so extra. Yeah, the one, yeah. <laughs> she was literally one like, that... yeah, I think I like drama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everyone was like, what? Um, I know. Oh, but gosh, yeah, man. there's a scene where she basically hints to her to leave. Mm. And he's on the phone texting his cousin. Mm. And they're just sort of like secretly texting, and then his girlfriend realizes that she they probably don't want her to be there, and she leaves. I always found that a bit weird. Like it was like as if they were planning something, you know? Yeah, I thought what it was was that he was like in, he was like having an affair with her, but somehow mm. wanted to convince his girlfriend that, uh, <laughs> like they wanted to be in a threesome. That's the, the vibe I was getting, and I was a bit confused because that first scene we see her, I actually thought she was hitting on uh, his girlfriend. What's his name? Is right. it Simon? That's his name. Simon, yeah. That's his name. Yeah, I thought we thought she was like hitting on his girlfriend, and then I was like, "Well, this is awkward because your plan just backfired." Um, mm. Yeah, I'm wondering what her involvement is. Also, the fact like she was so comfortable that she got spiked. She was like, "Yeah, it was just crazy. I don't remember what I, like happened. Like mad." Yeah. I think she's sort of embarrassed in a way. Is she embarrassed? Is she, or is she just comfortable with it? Like, I don't know. I don't think she's comfortable because, like, the way she was denying it. Um, and I guess for the listeners, you have to really watch the show, otherwise, you're not going to know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right this now. is like, just um, <laughs> in, like this kind of conversation right now is if you've watched the show because you'll be probably thinking, like, what are you guys talking about? What are they talking about? Um, <laughs> but, um but the way she denied it like she got so aggressive and i was like she's just asking a question like why is she like shady calling girl. her a mental person <laughs> like, shady shady that's what she is I it went know. from one went from zero to 100 like real quick I know. Yeah, i'm trying to see what her name is <laughs> uh, <laughs> i just i think she's just wild that girl but i hope oh, she's yeah. seen her she's I don't know, I kind of want, I kind of like Loki hope she's like an undercover psychopath, just to spice up the show a bit, you know? Now you're watching yeah. shows, you're just like, oh, I just wish someone thing would pop out. Just because. <laughs> anyway, want- sorry, to focus <laughs> on what this is about, because we wanted to discuss the wider culture of um, yeah. different forms of sexual assault that take place. Um, so I was quite uh, taken aback with how, um, one of the things was just how she returned back to work after um, she... But she, I think it's important to note, she hadn't slept. So she didn't actually have a blackout where she got spiked and then she went to sleep and then woke up. Mm. This was like all continuous. Mm. And, And that's like the weird and scary bit that 
you can literally black out and still be awake and already be doing something and you don't even know what you were doing like mm. you know, so she just sort of found herself already at work typing um trying to finish her whatever she was trying to finish because she had a deadline in the morning but yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting how she just sort of picked up and like where she left off and went back to work yeah but what I mean is, so after when she went to the police officers, so for anyone that's listening hasn't oh. watched it, she basically gets assaulted and then um, she has her friend come visit the police with her to give a statement and to do a rape kit. And also, speaking of this, when she gets to get a rape kit done, don't you find how shocking it is the other woman that was with her when the smoking <laughs> scene? And yes. she was just like, oh, this is your first time here. What she said, she's like, mm. it was so sh- shocking and sort of kind of funny. That's that's the thing about this show. It's so shocking, but also you laugh at bits where you feel like you shouldn't be laughing at, but you can't help it. Like it's very mm. weird. But do <laughs> but yeah, you feel I do like that yeah. to, to analyze it a bit more? Do you feel like it's kind of like oh, this is can be normalized? In a way, oh, absolutely. The fact that I mean, we don't know much of the background of that character. That she said, like, "Oh, is this your first time, like, coming to this mm. clinic?" But it's yeah. kind of scary how just that little scene makes you think, "Oh, this mm-hmm. can be very commonplace in women's lifestyles." Yeah, definitely, yeah. That was an interesting scene, mm. and the amount of people who were getting tested. Mm at that time in the night like it's not yeah it's quite think, it's quite harrowing know. to think it's so yeah. um like common to the extent like it's you have a line of people just all there to get the same thing done yeah um, also one of the things that you mentioned like for us to bring up is about clubbing culture mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of um, how that played into it in, this, in a sense because she was quite vulnerable. Think about that, like, that comes into uh, this show. Um, there's so many things I could touch on with the whole clubbing culture and drug use, but um, there's this scene um, when they're in Italy and Arabella and Terry have gone clubbing and Arabella's, like, off her face, off of drugs. Um and she's searching for her and she's with Biagio or Biago. And he's like, when we go out with friends, we leave with friends. And that is literally so important. And I'm so lucky to have like friends that are always like, oh, did you get home safe? I'll get you an Uber. Mm-hmm. Text me when you get home safe. Like it's so, it's definitely like, they're dangerous people out here. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's an important issue that they've been touching on clubbing culture because it's a place where if you're a vulnerable person, you'll definitely be, taking advantage of it kind of shocked me how comfortable her friend was to leave her like yeah that was she knew (laughs) that her friend was like way off her face and also the fact she knew like the extent to half the drugs they took and was like yeah you're not on board I'm just like just like you know I'm gonna head out and I was shocked because I was like oh wow like you know Mm-hmm. when you're old is this what people do now like you just no no one does that that is weird <laughs> mm. um yeah i was really shocked that terry just left her in a foreign country um like, that's mad <laughs> like it's not it's not like down the road in Clapton junction where you know it's getting cheap home like um speaking of terry what do you think about her like 
getting, I guess, assaulted by those two guys? I think it's a fine line between assault and I don't know what it is. Um, it's definitely, I think you said it before the other day, it's someone taking, not taking advantage, but um, being what did you say? coerced in the situation that you, being manipulated. Manipulated, that's the right word, yeah. yeah. Sort of manipulated, because she didn't, what she knew isn't what was actually happening. Yeah. Because she thought, I'm just out here in Italy, and I found these two strangers who don't know each other, and they're just attracted to me, and you know what, well, I have the power, and I'm taking Yeah, like home. femme fatale, like. Yeah, but really, they already knew what, they had planned this. Mm. And um, I wonder if they actually um, spiked her, because there's a point where the other guy starts dancing with her. And mm. the guy that she was talking to before comes through with a drink and he's like, oh, here's your drink. Um, I actually don't think she was fighting because after you see her and she, she looks okay. Yeah. Like, in terms of like um, being intoxicated. But it's definitely interesting how that is also a type of, do you know what? It is a type of sexual assault. You need to know what you're getting into mm. and not be lied to. Like that is just, you know, yeah. You know, and I guess it's difficult to kind of confront it because you see just before it kind of takes place where she sees these two guys, like she messages her friend, like, oh, like, yeah. I'm about to do this. And her friend is kind of like, well, you're living your best life, basically, in mm-hmm. Italy. And afterwards, it's just when they're leaving and she picks, she clocks that um, they basically just took advantage of her and she was kind of mm-hmm. a game to them. There's this uncomfortable feeling you see that sits within her of like, yeah oh like that Mm -hmm. I I didn't sign up for that and um I guess it kind of explores the blurred lines of what is okay but it's also like she can't really complain about Mm. it because you took part in it and that's quite an interesting um storyline that takes place in the show of like oh yeah it's very blurry as well because I just remembered this when she's doing the feminist campaign and they ask her what's the most freeing thing you've ever done and she doesn't say anything. Then she comes back and she's like, oh, I had a threesome once. And oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's what it, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely this thing where you're, sometimes we get into situations where it's very uncomfortable and then we try and turn it to be this thing that's freeing and, you know, mm. when it's sort of like... That wasn't know, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew that so, like, so much. Trying because, to mask it, yeah. Yeah, there was this show on BBC Three, and it was called um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically about this university student that was mm-hmm. becoming a porn actress. And well yeah, it's crazy because she was studying <laughs> fashion. Like, she was studying fashion, and she had a whole career going for her. And she was just kind of like, basically, you make more money in porn. But what it actually really had stemmed right. from was when she was 16, she got sexually assaulted. Right. Um, and so for her, she was kind of... Do- well, you could clearly see she was kind of doing it to take back that moment of uh, assault that happened mm-hmm. to her to kind of make it into something that yeah. she was now okay with. Because yeah. there was even one scene, well, that after she had a shoot, she got badly like injured and she was trying to make out like that's okay, but it's not okay to be bleeding down there. Like, come on now. Like, no. Um, and oh you can kind God. of see in her eyes, she wasn't really happy with it. Like, she wasn't really fulfilled in this career path she'd taken, but it, you could clearly see how it would 
she would be influenced to be like oh well I just want to take ownership of something that happened yeah. to me um, mm. to be okay with it and even when she detailed mm-hmm. when she got sexually assaulted she kind of wasn't really sitting in it if that makes yeah. any sense mm-hmm. um, but that's right. quite um, quite a thing I think that commonly happens with people that yeah. put in uncomfortable in situations all sorts of things, yeah Mm. where you know something tragic happens to you and the only way you can deal with it is to sort of turn it around and say this was good for me this is what I needed like it happens like even I don't know like a breakup that like ruined your life or whatever Mm. sort of turn it and turning it around and being like yeah I needed that for growth I was having this conversation the other day is that the same thing though I thought that's it's not the same thing I'm just saying it's like sort of parallel like sort of you know flipping things and yeah I get what you mean look. by like yeah the, the same but approach it's, yeah <laughs> it's completely different but um yeah it's interesting why she did that or that the fact that she even said that's the most freeing thing she's done like it's yeah it's kind of like was not. it really freeing because you didn't look okay with that afterwards no so. she did not yeah, yeah it's quite sad actually mm-hmm. but um yeah and the druggies um like I don't really like um imposing on people and how they should live their lives and whatever but it's definitely a thing on this show like you can definitely see that Arabella Michaela Cole's character has a drug problem constantly definitely definitely also Um, the fact like when she just got back from um when she just about got back from the club where that is his name Biagia? I don't know his name. Helped her Biaga. to get home. Biaga yeah. was then like <laughs> snorting cocaine, and I was like, "You just got home. Like, I know. there's no need to what... even like turn up if you want to call that turning up. Like, you know." <laughs> do you know what's so interesting with that scene as well? Um, she asked him, "Hey, do you want do you want a bit of the coke?" He's like, "No, I don't do drugs or whatever." And she's like, "Oh, do you want a drink?" And then she's like, "No, I don't drink." And she's like, "What happened?" why don't you drink like it, she was so shocked like something like horrible must have happened for him to not want an alcohol system. Like. <laughs> yeah that was interesting I've definitely reacted to people like that before and it's interesting you know I wasn't reacted like surprised by someone doesn't drink yeah really yeah. not too long ago I was speaking to my friend who doesn't drink and I was like wow that's uh that's commendable. <laughs> I want to be mean, like you. <laughs> I mean, I don't really drink, but I just see it from perspective of you don't really need to. And I guess it's kind of like if I'm really yeah. going on a night out, but I need to drink something, is the night out really <laughs> going to be that great? Like that club is not going to be a good club. But uh, um, yeah, different lifestyles, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But, um, but definitely for drug use. Um, could be a gateway in her being in dangerous situations I definitely think you know yeah because she was pretty reckless yeah she was and that's not to say that it's her fault Mm. at all but at the same time you've got to be aware that like when you're going clubbing that's um that's that could be a very dangerous place and you need to be aware of who you're surrounded by Mm. Like the only person she knew when she was the, when she got assaulted was her friend. He was mm. clearly not to be trusted because he just left her and mm. probably participated in it. We'll get we'll see if that happens later on in the show. But um, yeah, you definitely got to have friends you can trust and 
be at least aware of what's going on. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think some people can get it quite blurry with, oh, this means you're victim blaming that she was meant yeah. to, you know, like she basically caused that to happen to her. And that's not the case. It's kind of like you need to be aware of your situations mm-hmm. and who you're surrounded by for your own practical safety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't string a word sentence together and you want to try and get home, how are you going to do that? Or you lose your keys, your phone purse Mm -hmm. um i think even watching it it was it was tough to like root for a character in a way because you're kind of like oh man like why are you taking drugs from someone in the toilet you don't know why are you you've had enough you've got to be safe like oh what are you doing um yeah it's hard to watch yeah Um, you're just like stop arabella stop i know also Um, in that episode we have kwame unfortunately being assaulted as well i think that's the last episode that's the fourth episode the one mm. my recent one yeah that was quite yeah hard that was watch. that was heavy that was really heavy um mm. and that's another situation where um it's not at all his fault and it's one of those things where he is willing has willingly gone but he has now changed his mind and he's like, now stop, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And this guy who clearly gets off on hurting people and is literally laughing after he wakes him, you know, takes advantage of him. Like it was super hard to watch. Yeah, that's the one that probably stuck with me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what makes it stick with you the most? Um, well, first of all, seeing it happen, like it was very raw and just there. Mm. But also the post um, reaction to it, the when he makes the phone call to talk to his friend, and she can't tell like he's clearly there's like hurt in his voice, mm. and she just sort of like oh thanks for calling to say goodnight bye, you know, and then yeah. that's that. And you, you do see that moment where in that phone call where she's kind, he's like calling up and she's like. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. what do you want? And it's just kind of like, oh man, if you could sense her in his voice, you would have yeah. handled that differently. And but it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like she didn't obviously yeah. need to, she didn't know what happened. Yeah, and you actually touched on something quite important. Like these people are very physically close, like they hug, they kiss, they talk about their lives, but are they really good friends? Like they don't they're not good communicators. Mm. Because even in Italy when that event happened to Carrie. I don't think she spoke about it with Arabella or when Kwame was attacked, he didn't feel comfortable telling Arabella. And that's not to say that you have to say anything, but there's a clear pattern of um, miscommunication and not being comfortable to talk to your closest friends, you know, Mm. which is quite interesting. I think also it highlights, I mean, I can't speak because I don't speak from experience, but how human it can be, um, how do I describe this? How imperfect it can be to actually come out with the truth. Mm. Because if you read certain situations, like I'm sure we can put ourselves in it and be like, oh, I can see why they wouldn't have thought that was a good time to say what happened to them. Or how do you kind of approach that? Or how do you drop a bomb like that? You know? Yeah. Especially if you're going through the motions within yourself um, with, uh, Terry's situation, Kwame's situation, where it was kind of like, how do I kind of explain this? But I kind of took yeah. part in it, you know? Yeah. So that it's was... A very, it's heavy. a weird one. It's weird. 
I think the thing you do is just you say it and that's mm. all you can do. You you do what is going to free you essentially. Yeah, and um, understanding like it's not your fault what happened. Yeah, like absolutely. You have every um, right to be like, no, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, mm-hmm. That's not what I signed up for. I'm being respected and if someone doesn't respect that, then mm-hmm. you have every right to voice that you felt uncomfortable, you felt taken yeah. advantage of and not having shame in that. Yeah, definitely. The the clear pattern in the show is, you know, people ending up in situations where they are, they have, you know, been comfortable enough to go mm. and the oppressors or seeing that as an opportunity to be like, well, you're already here. I guess you wanted this, you know, and taking advantage of them. And you still need consent. You still need, you know, you still need the other party to be like, yes, I'm okay with this. And mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, Arabella wasn't even able, she, she doesn't even remember what happened. Like, that is just so shocking to me. Yeah. That someone would still take advantage of someone when they don't even know what That's is going one thing on that them. really... Like, sorry, Karen, you're saying? No, 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 I'm done, go on. <laughs> That's one thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm finished talking. That's one thing that really shocked me as well. The fact that, and this also played into 13 Reasons Why twice, where in the last mm-hmm. season, if anybody's watched it, there was um, two of the main cast that you actually like these characters throughout the show who yeah. were in situations about to take advantage of someone who was intoxicated and not conscious and just kind of seeking opportunity and I think with what happens in I May Destroy You as well um, there's something very clear of like it's not about how short your skirt was it's not about it's all about all these things that people kind of want to say obviously don't get intoxicated that's that's obvious but it's also the fact of people can actually be in the mindset of they'll just take advantage of someone. They can see they're not conscious. They can see they... They they can hear them say no and still want to do it. Like, that's, um, you know, it's very... I think it's got to do with power as well. Like, there is this power play going on, um, even with the whole Kwame situation, and this is a bit of a trigger. So um, when the rapist is sort of, you know raping him he's doing it because he's saying no that's what's getting him off because Mm. they had they had already had sex but Mm. he wanted to rape him and that is so scary to me to think there's people who are actually like that out there in the world and we go into these clubs and you get you know completely off your face and we sort of forget that part Mm. of you know the scary part of nightlife and drug use and everything and it's so important to like talk about that mm. and also yeah. just um touching on Kwame's rapist I don't even know what that guy's name he doesn't deserve a name um yeah. how he was just like oh yeah I like to be a bad boy afterwards yeah. which was so harrowing oh. and oh my God. to also just be like comfortable doing it and it's just mm-hmm. kind of like oh that makes me a bad boy like yeah and it just uh, yeah. blows my mind. It alarms me how... I mean, I also wonder where does this mindset come out from of people are okay with this, but I guess, like you said, it's power play and it's um, yeah. 
manipulating someone's emotions. Mm-hmm. And also another point I wanted to touch on was before that they flirted, they got on really well. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, I don't know if that would make it difficult for Kwame to kind of come out and say something. It's kind of like, oh, well, I, mm-hmm. I was into them, they were into me. But I did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a hard one, and it goes back to what I was saying before. You just gotta say it, like you. So you just gotta free yourself, and some people never do. Mm. And it makes me wonder, like, will Kwame ever say anything about that? Like, we don't know. I think he might. But I think he's gonna have a breakdown. Yeah, like, he might. I think be. you can't bottle something like that up. But people do. That's the sad thing about it. People go yeah. their whole lives and never say anything because they're too scared that we're not going to accept their truth, you know? Mm. That's um, the thing, isn't it? That's so horrible. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, this show is just, like, so many layers. Like, we can just, like, talk about this all day. Like, I what know. else are we going to touch on? What do you um, think about um, Michaela's, like, not Michaela, Arabella's trauma, the way she's processing it mm. and how it's portrayed in the show? I think it's quite interesting um, because unlike the other characters, she was completely intoxicated. Mm. But I do think the way she's processing it is sort of like, she doesn't, she's not even sure what happened, Mm. you know, and she's sort of like investigating, whereas the other two, like, were there, they know what happened, they were present and, you know, sober. So I think that's the... You know, that's the scary part as well with Michaela, um, Arabella's stories because if, if she, if her friend didn't ask her, why did you, how did your phone break? Or if she didn't have enough courage to go to um, Simon's house and be like, but I thought you walked me home, blah, blah, blah. Like she would have never known. Mm-hmm. She would never know that she was actually assaulted. So yeah, it's definitely different to the other two, but they're all different. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I think it's quite a complex but honest portrayal of how somebody can process trauma. Yeah. Um, also, what's this thing called? The recollection in your memory, the psychology behind it of mm. how, you know, when she's giving a statement at the police station. Yeah. And I think this is an issue that affects a lot of people who are survivors of sexual assault when they're asked to give a t- uh, um, a testimony and because of if you're especially if you're spike your memory is quite blurred of what happened so mm-hmm. you can't confidently uh yeah. recall memories especially if you're also uh psychologically trying to protect yourself from trauma that you may kind of condense it to be like oh yeah like his nostrils were really big there was just someone over me like or kind of like trying to water it down in your mind um, mm-hmm. that I think was quite good in they did in the show because that's honest and I think like unfortunately with a lot of people especially if you go to trial when they've made people recall what happened mm-hmm. and also the stress of it you, they don't sound sometimes expected to be really confident in what happened yeah, yeah and it's black and white and be very confident in all the details when actually if you're in a high stress situation like that psychologically it won't process in your mind like that yeah definitely mm. 
And um, yeah. also I find it quite interesting that, you know, when she's on the bus and she's mm-hmm. recalling they're starving, mm-hmm. they're starving children in the world, yeah. they're starving children in the world, they're starving children. Some people don't children. have iPhones, yeah. Mm. That's, um, uh, that's an interesting one, yeah. It kind of made um, me like, um, I think a lot of people can vouch for this. I don't know if this is a specific, specific people of colour thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess an African kids thing, how your parents raise you to be like, why do you have something to complain about? You have yes. X, Y, and Z. Oh, um, yeah. Of how you process things that happen to you. Does that make mm. any sense? I might explain that. Yeah, definitely. I think I do that all the time. Like, mm. no, it could be a lot worse. But what I'm trying to learn is, like, it's not mutually exclusive. I can feel horrible and also other people might be going through things as well it doesn't take away that that something bad has happened to me or that I feel um however I feel exactly so that's definitely an interesting that you've touched on we definitely do that a lot Mm. (laughs) we do (laughs) I mean especially because if you're raised in the mindset of like oh other people always have it worse yeah and, and the thing is like empathy and your pain should not go hand in hand and yeah, it should not invalidate exactly. your pain and mm-hmm. I think it's very eye-opening how she kind of makes herself when she has those flashbacks mm-hmm. almost feel like guilty of like just by chanting out like there's stuff yeah. in the world there's stuff in people in the world mm-hmm. which is really detrimental and really saddening to see mm-hmm. definitely um yeah i agree with that one it's quite interesting that she does that Mm. but yeah i can't wait i think on the trailer also in the trailer um you have analyzed everything for analyzing the trailer you know how obsessive i get though (laughs) um it's, it's not great but um she does have she ends up going to a group session, a group therapy mm-hmm. session. So I'm super like interested to see what's going to happen there, mm-hmm. um, and sort of like speaking to people who have probably been in the same situation. So I feel like so much is going to unfold, and I just can't wait. I am <laughs> literally counting the days to Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you literally, you literally, you could write a dissertation on this show, honestly. I could, I could. I genuinely think this is. The best show this year. The over the last, I think I was speaking to you about it. Mm. But over the last twelve months, there's definitely been a lot of shows about consent and um, sexual assault. Um, uh, we have this the morning show with Jennifer Aniston, Big Little Lies, mm. like countless. And this one is quite different. There's something about this that's different. Like, even the way it's shot. It's, feels like it was that it feels real do you think maybe because it's british yeah maybe that's why i you know see myself in it because it's like it's literally where i live it's in east london yeah it hits different when it's like where you (laughs) yeah like you can totally like even when she was on oxford street i was like yeah Yeah. i could i could the fact that she was like how do i get home and i'm like Tottenham Court Road Station is right behind you. Like, how could you miss it, honestly? And then she gets in the cab, and I'm like, what are you doing? A black cab? Who are you? Um, <laughs> no, but it's so... That's the thing about this show, that I feel like everyone should watch it. It's very... Everything about it is, like, real life. Like, mm. 
little things like her be going to the toilet. I never see that on TV shows. Like, I, mean, I thought that was so Actually, intrusive when we watched it. I know, it's like you're there and you're like, Arabella, can you just not be on the phone right now and go to the toilet? We don't need to see this. I know. Um, <laughs> but like, that's the thing. There's like scenes, if you watch the show, episode three, there's going to be a scene with Biagio on the bed and it's going to, you're going to cringe like you've never cringed before. But <laughs> there is... <laughs> Oh my um, god, I was watching that and I was like, wait, oh I don't god. understand how you didn't just break out into laughing while filming this. Like, I could not. If I was behind the scenes working director, I'd just burst out laughing. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my god, I can still see it. But um, (laughs) it's a very, very realistic show in terms of like it it looks like real life. And I feel like that's why it's probably like the best show to come out this year. And you know how I am with my shows. Like, I'm very. You love um, your shows. That's one of the things I love about you. You love your shows. I know. know. Also, judge of, you know. Huh? Go on. on (laughs) Carry on, carry on. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm like good judge of like analyzing shows because it's literally what I do all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's a skill. It's obviously a skill. Um, another point of consent that I wanted to touch on actually in this episode yeah. was um Arabella, I don't remember this guy's name, the editor. The editor that she was working with? Yes. And um, um are you are you looking for his name? Of course I am. Oh do you know what never mind. Basically, the editor that she works with, the guy who's Asian, who went to Cambridge. um, Oh my god, that guy. Yeah, and they slept together and halfway through the scene, he removes, halfway through the scene, halfway through the, I'm sleeping together, um, he removes (laughs) the condom. Yeah. And I, apparently it's called stealthing. Without her knowing. Yeah, Yeah. without her knowing. Apparently it's called stealthing. Stealthing. I didn't know there was a word for that. I know, I saw it in article. Actually, I was skim read the article, so, but I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> <laughs> just in case that's not what it's called. Um, yeah. But I was quite surprised how they um, put that in and also just kind of like, she should have been way angrier. She should have been way angrier about that. Mm, mm, definitely. I'm trying to see, like, if I was in that situation, what would I do? Like, I'll probably do the same thing she did. Mm. I don't think we react to things to the we don't give people the full consequences that they deserve mm. sometimes. Um, and I get she was concerned like, oh, she might be pregnant mm-hmm. and he pays for the morning after pill. Yeah. And yeah. then they're sharing snacks afterwards. But I'm like, mm, you don't really you know don't, it. You might have AIDS, like Yeah, like he seems like a nice guy, but you don't yeah. really know him that he could have just given you an STD. Mm-hmm. That is scary. Um that's literally my the only word I'm using the most like with this show. Scary because it's real and it happens. Mm. But um it's nuts to think also, that he would do that. Yeah. And also in the way he kind of justifies it. Like he's kind of like Yeah. Oh like I was I was just uncomfortable, so I t- I took off the condom. Uh, like oh yeah. one you- thing she did do right, she when she asked, Oh, do you have a condom? And he was sort of like, because she he didn't want to use it. She was yeah. like, Oh, I have one. And that's definitely ladies, that's something we should do. Yeah. Always 
you know, have your protection with you because some guys are not to be trusted. But um, yeah, it's interesting. That's another form of violation with consent. Mm. You know, she needed to be a part of that discussion or a part of that decision making, and he took that away from her. Mm. So. That's a really, really important one that I think could actually be quite common because it's such a like the way they portrayed it in the scene was in a very like real way where no one was made up to be a villain in it Mm -hmm. so you kind of how do I describe it like you couldn't really hate the character but you're kind of like what the the hell but it's very important to show that to highlight that is another form of assault that yeah I'm sure you could be like I was uncomfortable with that but I I now maybe I'm just kind of overreacting and I think the word I would use for that uh, scenario is thoughtlessness um, mm. and I say this um, because Michaela Cole, the uh, main character, or the main actor um, on the show, did a talk um, at the Edinburgh TV Festival thing. Mm. And um, that's how she described the way people do things. Like, they're not racist, or they're not, you know, awful people. They're just thoughtless. Like, people don't think, you know, that my actions are so big and they actually impact other people. Um, obviously that guy was in the wrong but he probably thought oh it's just another like he's done it so many times he doesn't even think it's wrong you know mm-hmm. and that's probably the first time he was probably called out and mm-hmm. you know made to really think about his actions and he'll probably do it again that's the weird you know that's the yeah. reality Definitely of it. because you haven't really been caught in a crazy yeah. consequence of it yet mm-hmm because if you got AIDS or you got someone pregnant, then you'd be like, oh, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't be as uh, reckless. Yeah. And that's another situation where she has invited him to her house. Mm. So it's one of those where... And she's the one who's like, oh, we're going we're gonna to do this, right? He's mm. like, yeah. Um, but still, you need that verbal... or You need both parties to know exactly what they're in for. And he took that right away from her, and that's um, completely out of line, beyond <laughs> out of line. Um, so that's an interesting thing you touched on. Mm. Um, what else? Um, I am super like happy that the main cast is. I'm gonna say it. They're black. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to hold back on the obvious. <laughs> they are black people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Michaela Cole is of Ghanaian descent. Um, Terry, um, what's her name? Maruti, who plays Terry, is from Nigerian descent. Kwame, who, uh, Papa, I think that's his name, who plays Kwame, is Ghanaian descent. And it's so important um, that these stories are told with these particular people. Because mm. I've seen shows before with about sexual assault, like the mm. ones I mentioned before, but I've never seen them with um, people who look like them and people from those particular backgrounds mm-hmm. working in those particular areas and in the industry, like particular industries, like mm. it's very, you know, hats off to Michaela for choosing that cast. Like I love it. Yeah, I think it's really important to also um, just talking about this of, of like creating being a producer because she I think she's a producer on the show isn't she yeah she is well she's she made the show but like creating (laughs) opportunities for people that look like you Mm. then just um 
kind of like it's great you've made it that far but also like uh playing it forward you know mm -hmm. and creating opportunities for people of different demographics occupations that are black then if we just see us in like uh gang related shows and that's the only yeah. trail we have especially if it's black british actors if that's the mm. only things i cast it as um so i think it did a great job of actually showing like yeah. more people of color and and even beyond being black dark-skinned people you mm. know that is you know it was just full of color and i made the mistake of going to the YouTube comments right after the trailer dropped. Mm. I have never seen such racism in my life. These people were really? shook. What did people say? Yeah. Oh, like I think um, BBC has now disabled the comments. So because it was that <gasps> bad. Yes, like they were like, this is not British. It's just black people. Is this what our country is like turning into? This is not a British wow. show. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. It got I, really I bad. I can't believe that, really. And that was the majority of the comments. Like, wow. comment after comment after comment, it was just racism. And um, it, yeah, it, in, in, in this environment and what's going on in the world, it's very interesting, very sad, and very triggering for me to like see that. But yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it also highlights the fact when people are just kind of like, oh, no, racism doesn't really go on in the UK. Like, yeah it does yeah like uh -huh. you can't have a black british produced show without on uh -huh. bbc without a ton of racism like yeah absolutely especially like oh. michaela cole as well like it's not just not even, even if it was a newcomer to the scene it doesn't even matter mm -hmm. it's just the fact of like well, yeah this is london this is yeah true to like <laughs> yeah, yeah that is appalling it's, I think um, it's just like so irritating, but you yeah. know what? She's on yeah. HBO, she's on BBC, and she we're making our way the, there. So, uh, be, uh, oh, I can't believe it. Hmm? Like, that is, I can't believe she's on HBO. That yeah. is not BBC. Like, these are, this is the future of like TV, and I'm so excited. But, um, yeah, basically, everyone needs to watch this show. I also <laughs> really respect her for immersing herself fully into this yes. experience detailing yeah. her experience taking from things she's mm -hmm. personally experienced mm -hmm. that's incredibly courageous of her to do yeah definitely um i did i think it was an interview i watched based around this and she basically said she did go to like the hbo people a year prior before they said yes and they were like yeah you're not ready and it's you know we can't take away the fact that this is literally about her life and mm. it's like a true story. This is not fiction. Mm. So, and that's why these stories are so important because they are real stories with real people, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely amazing stuff. Definitely um, recommend people should watch it. I also yeah. feel like they should definitely play this in schools. Um, yeah, I don't think they will. <laughs> I mean, I mean, can't put your kids through twelve episodes like <laughs> curriculum time. That's twelve lessons. Like, you okay, can't maybe even, you can't even bleep anything out. It's all. I know you need all the kids to watch it all. Like, you can't. It's all rated R. The whole thing is rated R. You can't even bleep anything out. It's not. But for me, like looking back from my days at school of what we were taught about consent, 
Yeah. And what? Are we talking about consent? <laughs> Were you taught about it? If anyone doesn't no. know, we both we both went to all girls schools, but we didn't go to the same school. So yeah, what were your experiences of what you were taught about consent in school? We I don't think we were ever taught about consent. I don't not even at all in sexual years. education. We did have sex ed um, in sixth form, mm. um, where they had people come on come on uh, the school and had like bananas and this is how you use a condom and this is what you get if you don't use a condom. Like that's all very practical stuff. But I don't remember ever having a talk about consent or sexual assault. Maybe mm. we did, and I forgot. But I don't. It. I don't think it happened. You? That's scary. It's yeah. also. I don't even think it's essential on the curriculum of you. Yeah, you should talk probably about not. it. Because it's not. we had a guest speaker come in and touch on it, but. To be honest, and I said this at the time, it was it was rubbish. It was appalling. Um, mm. It was taught very much in the format of girls don't wear short skirts, don't drink too oh, much no. if you go out. And I, I kid you not, I remember there was one um, scenario where we were taught about if you were, say if you were like at the back of the bush, right? Yeah. The guy that was trying to force himself on you I don't like this oh, was a sorrow yeah. kind of talk because it had to be an alley or something where two people were standing it was how to kind of scurry yourself to get out of that like situation mm-hmm. yeah that's what you were all taught and it was like oh, it was like what like what are we what are we being taught and also mm. we watched a film about this um woman that goes away on a work trip and her mm-hmm. co-worker was sexually uh like harassing her but it was kind of flirting with her like it didn't seem too serious in the office until they yeah. went on this overnight trip and he basically forced himself in her room and raped her and yeah. then it, then she goes to court and then she loses the trial so I was just kind of like as a 16 year old watching this that if I was sexually assaulted I'm not trying to be funny but I'm not going to go and report it to anyone mm-hmm. what happened to yeah. me if this yeah. is kind of what, what I was, was the message they were trying to give to you yeah, very, I was just sitting there thinking, what are you trying yeah. to teach your kids? Like, what are we supposed but to take away from this? More than them teaching us about sexual assault, are they teaching boys about sexual assault? Like, that is where, mm. I mean, obviously anyone can be, you know, can assault anyone, woman or a man or whatever. Yeah. But let's be honest, are boys getting, you know, these lessons that when they're young enough to understand, hey, you can't do that. Yeah, or, or not be taught to be a, a predator. Yeah. Um, have you watched Euphoria? I have not. I keep wanting to watch it. And I just forget. Yeah. Is it good? You should. You should watch it. There's a scene in Euphoria actually how uh, one girl she's with her boyfriend and they're just about to have sex and he he immediately goes to choke her and the Whoa. way yeah and the way they shoot it is very is very interesting. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, what the hell? And and because he'd watched so much porn, he thought it was normal, like, to be really, like, forceful and stuff. And it was, and he, so he was, like, confused and perplexed of, like, oh, you don't like that? And it's like, she's like, no. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And that's um, a whole discussion that we need to touch on one day. Yeah. Um, how porn has literally affected the way men see women, the way they act in those situations. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that show. Yeah, you should. It's a really interesting show. 
Um, but I feel yeah. like that kind of also plays into if you're not, if you're a guy and you're in school and you're not taught about consent and this is what yep. you learn from mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. How, online, yeah. Mm, you're not preparing the youth to make smart decisions because if that's yep. what they're learning, then that's an issue in itself. That is the biggest issue. It's mad. Um, yeah, I just hope I'm gonna try and like research myself um, and see if they're actually like it's in the curriculum. Um, but mm-hmm. a lot of things are not in the curriculum. I think that's what this whole year has taught us. We have been blind, like led astray. Like we don't even know mm-hmm. what we don't know. It's mad. Like yeah. this is completely off topic. But Beethoven was black apparently. Like what the hell? Wait, sorry, what? <laughs> have you seen that? Beethoven was black. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean Beethoven was like Beethoven was mixed or Beethoven was mixed, but he could have been black if he was in the US. Like it's completely off topic, obviously, but we but just this is a don't discovery know to me. I know. I was like, what? Um, Can you imagine like that thing that was done of him, like, yeah, let me just add a bit more white in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then that's that just set up how he was known. That's how he was set up known amongst all of us, like he was white, when it really was just a painting that was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna oh, add a bit of white God. and slighten the skin a little bit. It's mad. Like we don't know what we don't know, and um it all stems from education and early education when you know kids are starting to pick things up not when they're in sixth form and they've already developed the these you know ideas of how they view women or men you know yeah um, one thing i also hate is the whole boys will be boys narrative oh god that's i so, hate it beyond belief yeah that's very beefy it's I, not it's i hate <laughs> no. i hate things like lad culture well the things that come into lad culture of, of I feel like men should be encouraged to call your boys out. If you see something oh, yeah. uncomfortable, like little things like, you know, when you're in the club and I, I'm yeah. sure you've experienced this. I'm sure every girl's experienced this, but when guys mm-hmm. like brush past you and they just yeah. feel like they need to hold on to your waist before they brush past you and basically Ugh. drive themselves past you in the club or something. That's not the same. I saw a TikTok the other day and someone was like, they, it was a guy who was kind of like joking about it. Like, oh. oh yeah, like when you go past girls in the club and was like mocking it basically. And all the girls in the comments were like, please don't do this. This isn't funny. Like we're not laughing because yeah. it's not funny. Yeah. Clubbing culture. That's something, that's something I feel like as young people were scared to talk about. Because it's so fun. <laughs> you know, we don't <laughs> it's like, do we have to talk about it? It's so fun. Mm. But we really do. There are so many situations where things happen and we sort of just brush it under the cover because we don't want to take it away from, you know, the whatever coming is to young people, you know? Yeah. It's, like I, I like going out and having a good time. Like I love music, I love a good pie and a good celebration mm-hmm. of life. But, like, I hate the fact that the downfall of it is, like, you may have, and I hate the fact that people just use the excuse of, oh, they were quite intoxicated with yeah. people grabbing my, grabbing my bum, like, mm-hmm. making me feel uncomfortable. And you, in the moment, like, there was a situation when I was at uni when I was about probably 19, 20. I was literally in a bar with my friend. And we were just joking around, leaving, like dancing, leaving the club. And this guy just slapped my bum. 
and laughed about it with his friends. And I mean, like, it was one of the things, like, straight after you realised, like, oh, I should have really done something. I should have, like, called him out and stuff. But you kind yeah. of just want to, like, carry on and have fun. And, and like yeah. you said, you just you just brush it under the carpet because you're just like, oh, well, that's such rubbish that I dealt with. Yeah. But... No, absolutely. There's definitely been plenty of situations. It hasn't happened to me a lot. Mm. Um, but to be honest, I don't know if I'd be able to remember. But... Um, there's definitely been situations with my friends where I've seen them like aggressively like grab like in intimate areas in oh, clubs wow. and it's not like this happens and we don't talk about it enough um mm. we're also scared uh, to talk about that clubbing and clubs are definitely like a space where people how do I put this it's like a praying area because mm. everyone is so vulnerable and intoxicated, you really need to go with the right people to the right places. That is so important. Mm. Um, I feel like there's also the things yeah. that need to be done to make to make it like safer. And I just don't really know how yeah. it would go about. But like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just like the fact you need security that, like, listen, if someone is in that situation, there mm-hmm. needs to be a policy of like, you know how in recent years they've got in bars like say yeah. ask in the toilets it's like ask jennifer at the bar yeah. for, say for uncomfortable and i feel mm-hmm. like with security at clubs there needs to be a culture of like you can actually go to the bouncer be like this mm-hmm. guy did this to me it's making me feel uncomfortable and the, the bouncer will be like right okay drag him out yeah. i would love for that to happen yeah i wonder if that happens it probably does in some clubs mm. but definitely not in a lot of clubs <laughs> yes um, but there just yeah. needs to be like you need to go with the right friends. You need to don't yeah. drink too much. Don't. I don't. mean, if you're gonna drink too much, make sure you're with the right friends. You yeah. Know? There is um, there is a line. There, it's okay to be off your face. It's your life. Do you but, think so? I'm, I'm kind yeah, of. I mean, it. I do. I'm like, like no. I've definitely gone out with my friends, and they're completely off the face. But we are still conscious enough to know what we're doing. And there's the fine line of like, are you more likely to black out and not have control over yourself? And that's the line. Um, I don't think that's ever happened to me mm. or any of my friends, but that's what happened. Well, Arabella was spiked, so that's different. Mm. But there is a fine line and we all know what we're doing at the end of the day. But you def- definitely have to be around the right people. Like you've definitely got to have the right group of friends. That is like the most important thing. Yeah, um, I think it's very important to safeguard yourself because, yeah, unfortunately, and thankfully, like we've both gone a night out together where everyone was there for a good vibe and a good time, exactly. we had a great time. Yeah. But unfortunately, there is sometimes you go out. There's people that are just ready to be predators, like they're mm-hmm. ready to take advantage. There's so many times, actually, not so many, like a few that people thought, like when I left to go home, thought yeah. I was probably drunk. And they would kind of like be coming towards me as if like I'm not conscious of like what is going on. Mm-hmm. And either seem really unfriendly okay. or ask for things. And I'm like, honey, I'm very conscious to punch I you know in the what face. I'm doing. Yeah, like he can't leave me alone. Like, <laughs> oh man, the people that fake to be taxi drivers. Have you seen them? The what? The people that fake to be taxi drivers no what the hell i've seen that before where a guy like i was leaving club with my friends and it was one of our friends birthdays Mm -hmm. and they were like 
we're about to we wanted to get a club back to the hotel we were staying at. Yeah. And then um the taxi person <laughs> sorry, it was just this <laughs> uncle with like a Bluetooth a Bluetooth <laughs> earset and of um was driving like a, a saloonish car. I don't know what it's called for these cars. But um yeah. was like and I was like to him, like, okay, cool, can I see your taxi number? You know the registration mm-hmm. number? Before yeah. we all get in, because they were, you know, quite had a bit of drink. They were like ready to go. Oh yeah, guys, I can taxi. Let's go. I was like, before we go in, I need to see your taxi registration number. What's your name? <laughs> yeah, like what's your name? What's, where's the name of the company? And he was just kind of like yeah. being annoyed, and then didn't give it to me. And I was like, we're not going in there. What the hell? Yeah, I was like, was this like a couple of years ago? Yeah, this was maybe twenty seventeen. Have... No, twenty. Okay, yeah, in twenty seventeen, maybe I think I heard some stories like that. Like twenty fifteen. Yeah, Ugh. I was like, I don't give a crap if you're wearing a Bluetooth headset. Like, <laughs> anybody can wear that Bluetooth headset. That just makes you look more suspect. I know. Um, yeah, predators are gross. Um, well, have you seen those guys that are like they they literally go to the club, and they're always on their own in the club, and they just stand oh, in the corner watching never. people. That happened to me. Oh my yeah, goodness. Not this year. I went to, of course, Superstore. I can't shop. My friends are going to listen to this and be like, oh, she <laughs> mentioned it finally. But yeah, I went, to, <laughs> I went to Superstore and there was this old guy and I was off my face, but I was with my friend. He wasn't. And he was just there in this like 1940s, like long coat, just like staring and like, this is literally why I say go to the white club. Everyone in there, there was about three strangers who came up to me and were like, that guy is staring at you. He might spike your drink. You need to be careful. Mm. Um, yeah, and he was just, it, it was obvious that he was, you know, a predator. <laughs> mm. But, you know, was luckily he older? I was in the right place. Oh, yeah, he was older. He, was, he looked maybe, I mean, not old. I'm like, just curious. Really I'm not like, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious about it yeah he was like about 40 looking i mean which is not old to some people that, no it's old sorry but <laughs> in, in the context of <laughs> in, in the, the context, context of there's people that are maybe 18 <laughs> 20s and you're like yeah. two decades older i know and if you've oh. seen me in person i'm 21 but you know i look about i can look a lot younger <laughs> you've got 17 so, Oh, the, the young. <laughs> when I when I was younger, I used to get so offended. Like, no, I don't. I'm an adult. Now, I'm like, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I know. But, like, the kids ticket, cinema. <laughs> like, I'm wearing doing your fives, okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. I don't know where I was going with that. But you were talking about some guy just standing in the corner by it's himself. Just, it blows my mind <laughs> that there's grown men that actually will sit there and be like, you know what, Saturday night. I'm just going to go to the club and stand in the corner. And look suspicious. Right, people. I've had, I've had it happen yeah. to me, but it was like three older guys that kind of, like, you know how lions go around a pack of hyenas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was around me and my friend. And it yeah. was really uncomfortable because we were about, Ooh. like, maybe your age, like 21 at the time. And it was like, these guys are like, their 40s, like, kind of preying on us. It was like... We're just gonna shimmy back. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. I mean, even beyond them being predators, like have some self respect and just leave mm. people alone. I just I can never understand why people just don't leave people alone and have, you know, enough enough dignity and self respect to be like, Yeah, I look like a douche right now. Yeah. But um 
yeah, it's so many things to touch on. Um, should we talk about what I want to like do some predictions so like we can like watch back every maybe two or okay, cool. and be like, yeah, that was totally wrong. All right, cool. Okay, so um, you go first to your predictions. Oh, okay. Predictions, predictions. Well, um, it's a bit biased because I have watched some interviews with her. No, that's all right. <laughs> so all right. I kind of have an idea. So she says, in the middle, you're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna think you found the person, but then no one is as they seem, and there's gonna be a lot of plot twists. Um, uh, but in terms of predictions, I definitely think Simon was in on it the mm. whole time. I think. She was completely sober and knew that she, I think she was raped. Mm. Um, Who was raped? I think she Arabella. Everything. Arabella. Mm. Um, and I also think Simon's girlfriend, I think her name is Laura, she's gonna call him out because she, I think in episode two, um, she ends up going to um, whatever her name, the problematic girl's house. That's what I'm gonna name her. <laughs> um, to investigate herself, and I think it's sort of like a she had like a woman's instinct. Even when they were like when mm. Arabella was in the kitchen, and they're all like, "Let me see your Uber receipt." But you said that he was there, so why did he order the Uber if he was mm. not there? I'm glad she Yeah, and it's sort of heartbreaking. Her just sort of looking at her man like, "Oh my god, that is you. That's who mm. I'm with." Mm. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of like girl power. It sounds a bit great cringe, but I think a lot of... We know, love a girl power. We, we That's your girl, girl school in you. <laughs> That's a girl school in you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, draws and deep. Um, girl power. What do, you, what do you predict? I think, you know what, it sounds wild. And I'm probably going to listen back to this. Like, that I love wild. That was a stupid me. prediction. I think the problematic girl, the, the bold mm-hmm. girl... Mm-hmm. I think she's she runs like a ring or something that she basically <gasps> she runs a ring where these guys like because the same thing happens in Len Hustlers like they run a ring mm-hmm. this is probably a jump it's probably a jump for anyone listening <laughs> where that Simon was coercing it of where they get girls to be maybe like someone's a bit vulnerable and they mm-hmm. have guys that would be willing to take advantage that is not it's just it's just probably a leap it's probably a leap i think something like that goes on it may not be the bold girl but she seemed a little too comfortable that that the fact mm-hmm. she got spiked so i don't know if yeah. she's a pimp um simon is definitely somewhere in the middle of that or oh, maybe yeah, he's the pimp i don't know something's very dodgy about that something also, is super dodgy yeah just the fact she was joking around like she was spiked and she was very quick to say it before arabella said it I don't know about you. I mean, I don't know a lot of people that have been spiked, but it's very unlikely that you'd be comfortable to say it to a stranger. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's happened like a hundred times before to her. Yeah, like it's it's very it's very odd. I don't know. I think Mm -hmm. she definitely knew that Arabella was spiked, so I think she plays a role in it. Um, Yeah, but the ring thing, I couldn't see that because why did they go back to her house? mm. You know, that's interesting. So they were all there at her house, and I wonder what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think also um, I really would like to see the recovery journey of Kwame and Arabella. I think Kwame's yeah. going to have a difficult time. I think also maybe he'll have a difficult time being like a victim to it. Terry definitely will. Yeah, 
Yeah. There's my little prediction so far. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I'm very intrigued to see what happens next. Um, yeah. I also want to touch on in this episode of what tips could we do we recommend to people who have been unfortunately in different scenarios of sexual assault like what they should do because obviously in this show we've seen very complex situations how it could take place and what are our thoughts of how people can if they've maybe been in situations similar how they can handle that yeah um it's a hard one it's very that's an interesting thing to bring up i think just going to the police and it's obviously not as easy as just saying it because it's I mean there's the journey there and then there's the questions and then what feels like interrogation and people touching you again and taking blood samples and whatever Mm. but um I think the tip I would give is don't carry this with you forever because it's gonna it's gonna have an impact in every decision you make Mm. so even if you have like a little bit of courage to just go to the police or tell your friend, do it, like don't hesitate. Mm. You know, what's the worst? The worst has already happened. And that's you know, a very powerful point. The worst has already happened. Yeah. So, so there's nothing to finish. Up from here. Mm. Yeah. So I, that, think I guess an, that's what I would say. Yeah. Um, another point I wanted to touch on that some people don't know um, after you get assaulted, sometimes you can be so traumatized, you feel dirty. You're like, all I want to do is take a shower mm-hmm. and forget about it. Mm-hmm. don't take a shower um yeah. it's so difficult it's so easy just to say it off the cuff don't take yeah. a shower do not throw out, out your clothes into the wash or um wash them because you need them as evidence to take a rape kit um yeah gosh it feels so sad even saying this but it has to be said yeah um it has to be do tell a trusted friend um do not blame yourself um mm-hmm. When you give your statement, don't feel ashamed. Put in as much details as you remember. Don't be so mm-hmm. hard on yourself to just get over it. Um, yeah. And also, it can be very difficult to to decide whether to um, go to the police or not. And I believe mm. it's the right thing to do so. But it's also okay if you don't feel ready to, like, because it's such a traumatizing experience to recall yeah. and be questioned about. But I very much recommend to find the strength in yourself to go and um, to focus on like your healing journey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the show, we see Arabella just wanting to go straight back to work to finish her deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her employee, her employers, she's a freelance writer, so there isn't the luxury to take some time off. Mm-hmm. They do pay for her therapy, which is great, but there isn't the luxury just to take time off and forget about your deadlines. But mm-hmm. it's very important to focus on your recovery and healing and seeking things, whether it's spiritual, whether it's church, whether it's mm-hmm. um, a self-care routine, confiding in friends, journaling, getting all those emotions out that are very important mm-hmm. and um, surrounding yourself with the right people that you can talk to. And mm-hmm. um, it's a safe space. I think that's very important to have. Mm-hmm. And um this is so hard. I feel so sad because yeah. it's like it's such a real thing that happens that And it's a conversation we definitely need to have. Like you don't know how many people who have probably been through this or and I hate to say this, will go through this mm. that need to hear this now, you know. Yeah. 
And also um, the very important thing is like it's not your fault. Yeah. It's absolutely. Not your fault. Like Yeah. I think you were a victim of a bad situation. Yeah. I think we also have a tendency to carry things with us. Mm. And talking helps so much. Um, it's scary in the beginning, it's very uncomfortable and awkward and you just want to end it but after there is literally like a physical feeling of when you let things out you know mm. whether that's with a friend or with a therapist or with the police literally like letting it out is such a you know leap forward in your recovery or healing process 100%. so don't don't carry things with you like there's so many people ready to help you mm. um you know groups you know call centers like not call centers but like the crisis line mm. so many people ready to help yeah yeah I think it's 100% important to validate your experience especially the fact like I've had friends um who unfortunately experienced sexual assault like in their childhood um to still speak about it even if you feel like oh that was so many years ago like I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine it's very important to validate your feelings and your experiences to talk about it and don't underestimate the fact like you said like talking is such a release um one of my friends in particular she's an amazing person um that i've known for quite a long time that she said like when she spoke about it um that what happened to her, and she was convinced she was going to carry it to the grave like she wasn't going to talk about what happened to her as a child that she physically felt like a weight had lifted off her like talking about it and um that is really important and not to carry that stuff in shame and uh just trusting that god's gonna get you through it because it's a tough one it's a very tough journey to to go through and also i wanted to touch on because we were talking about clubbing culture what are our like final take on our safeguard tips for people that go on nights out just to safeguard themselves and protect themselves yeah, I would say the number one most important thing, uh, the people you choose to go clubbing with, you've got to be able to, maybe not trust them completely, but you've got to trust these people to be able to protect you because you're going to be vulnerable. Like if you choose to drink or do drugs, you're already in a vulnerable position. You're not, um, you might not be completely aware of the decisions you make or where you go, what happens around you. So you definitely need people you can trust to go to these places. First of all, never go alone. I think that's a given. Unless you're going to be sober or, like, you're going to, you know, do everything to moderation. Mm. Um, so, yeah, going with people you trust, number one, is definitely very important. And also, I am a bit of a hypocrite saying this, but knowing how you're going to get home. <laughs> like, we don't always think about I mean, we do. We always plan, like, how are we going to get home? But really knowing how you're going to get home. Do I have enough money for an Uber if I'm, like, all the way to the other end of London? Or are the trains running? You know, you don't want to be stuck somewhere that's completely unfamiliar when you're intoxicated, you know? Mm. So it sounds quite stupid, but I feel like that's definitely, like, a practical thing that I've learned. Um yeah, I mean, there's so many things. What are some tips you have? Um, one thing I've always been super visual of is carry your drink with you. I yeah. never, I, unless it was a fact of like, we were next to where I could put my drink down and my eye was literally mm. on it. Like always carry your drink with you. 
don't just put it down yeah uh don't just put your bags down recklessly as well you don't want to get your stuff stolen um uh i'm I'm an idiot i do that a lot (laughs) and i'm always the mum that has to watch people's bags so that's why i say to people (laughs) to literally carry their stuff yeah um and what else would i say personally take the stance of no drugs um if you're gonna drink don't drink a lot because especially when you go home um just to be especially on the tube on your own like be aware of your surroundings and everything how you're going to get home um what else would i say go with good friends like mel said go with good friends like you know especially the friend that you know you've got that creep that's trying to dance behind you your friends just giving me the eye of like i'm just gonna pull (laughs) you away like girls are so good at doing that i I know oh that's how you know you've got girls girls around you like <laughs> my girlfriend actually we're in a lesbian relationship okay so mel yeah. it was absolutely lovely to have you on today's so fun. episode we do it again? yeah uh, we, we will definitely episode. come back um would you like to plug your instagram where can people find you oh would i <laughs> um, <laughs> are you like no it's fine no no it's okay you guys don't need to find me <laughs> right, no cool. but like i'm not that active on social so it's uh i mean if you really want to it's mel's mel <laughs> mel's underscore mel is it i don't even know it's mel's underscore mel on instagram cool. and that's the only one i use um right. yeah that's it so thank you for joining thank me i hope you guys um <laughs> enjoyed listening and yeah i hope you guys visit aspire21.com and you can check out aspire21 on instagram twitter if you want to like pop a question a comment if you liked it and we will be back soon